Welcome to Open to Hope Radio with your host, mother-daughter team, Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation with the mission of helping people find hope after loss. This show has been edited for your convenience. Now, Open to Hope Radio. Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi, and our second topic today is finding success in your life, and our guest is John Asaroff. John Asaroff calls himself the consummate entrepreneur. Through hard work and vision, John has helped thousands of people achieve success in business and life. He is CEO of One Coach and the author of The Answer and Having It All. Welcome to the show, John, and welcome back, Gloria. Thanks, Heidi. Well, John, um, we are so excited about having you on the show today. I mean, we are just, uh, Heidi and I are very thrilled and honored that you would come on the show, and I, I know you're gonna, it's going to be great for our audience. And I wanted to, it's uh, Father's Day coming up, and we were interested in having you on the show today because we feel that there's a, a lot of men out there and women but who are caught in their grief uh, we know that you are on the Jenna Druck Foundation. I met you at um, Ken, when Ken Druck did an event in San Diego. And um, just the message that you have of people moving on and helping them, I think it's going to be very exciting to have you on today, and we appreciate your being on. Well, thanks. It's really an honor and a uh, joy to be on, so thanks for the opportunity. Well, I wanted to uh, talk to you a little bit. Well, first of all, I just wanted to start out with our audience because you are such a big presence. I mean, you've been on, you know, Larry King, Ellen DeGeneres, Anderson Cooper. You have just a huge amount of wonderful information on the Internet. And uh, I wanted to just kind of start out, since we don't have a lot of time here, about that your life hasn't always been this great and glorious and easy life, Right. No, when I was uh, in my uh, mid to late teens, I got into a lot of trouble. Uh, a lot of people say that I was on the wrong train, on the wrong track, picking up speed. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know whether I'd end up in jail or dead. And I was really fortunate that I had some wonderful mentors in my life that showed me that there was a, a different way and a better way and that I was a lot more intelligent than I was giving myself credit for. And that if I was prepared to at least be open-minded, I could change my life and turn it around. And fortunately, I... I guess I was in enough pain that uh, I was willing to listen. And you also said, uh, mentioned, I know, in some of your material that you'd been in an automobile accident. Talk a little bit about that. When I was 17 years old, about six months prior to um, uh, taking on a scholarship for basketball at Oregon State University, I was in a very bad car accident, ended up in the hospital with broken ribs, collarbone, uh, fifth metatorsal, which is a bone in the foot, and um, ended up with back surgery, getting a disc fused. And um, my wonderful young mind who thought I might have a hope and a, a prayer of being a professional basketball player, that, that was shattered. And um, I almost lost my life that day. And, it, and when you're uh, in bed like that, because I've been an, an ICU nurse before, you really um, do have a chance to think, which most 17-year-olds don't. You have so much to think. You have so much to think, and then you also are looking to hide a lot. And I was hiding a lot with television and and complaining of the pain. So I was, you know, getting more morphine than I probably should have at the time. I was in a state of denial and a state of despair. And then uh, you went on, and at 22, you had ulcerative colitis. I did. I uh, I wanted to make money so badly. My family really never had a lot of money. There was always fights around our house around the lack of money. 
And I wanted to make some money so badly that I worked myself, you know, 15, 16, 18, 20 hours a day, didn't eat well, drank too much alcohol, and um, I really wasn't taking care of myself. And I ended up with severe ulcerative colitis where I was taking 25 pills a day. I was doing things um, that the doctor suggested that nobody should have to do on a daily basis and then doing sigmoidoscopies every single month to see what was happening with my intestines, which was not fun because back then they didn't put you to sleep to do that. Um, and I realized that, you know, these were all symptoms of something greater. And when I understood that we really do have a lot more control of our minds, we really do have a lot more control of the vibration that our body is in, and we're either going to be in a state of at-ease and healthy or dis-ease and unhealthy, really realized that uh, we have a lot more control than we think we do. So, all right, so now we've gotten our audience to the point where they realize that John's life has not been what it is today, but your life today is incredibly glorious. Um, I'm really blessed. I've, I've put a lot of effort into really thinking about my life. I've put a lot of effort into designing, you know, the type of relationships I want and health I want and finances I want, and really took the time to, to make a decision what I was committed to in my life. And what I found with, with people who are successful in any area of life, they usually will make a commitment. And a commitment means you're going to do whatever it takes versus being interested, which means you're going to do what's convenient. And the beautiful thing about today's world is we can go online. And I heard you talking to Eric uh, earlier. You know, we're, we can go online and in moments find the answers to any question we want, just about any bit of information about any type of, of illness, pain, grieving, um, success, anything's available to us. And it's ours to take and then take action. Mm-hmm. And people only take action when they're either in a lot of pain or they're in a state of absolute commitment to an end result. Okay, it's now, not when they're interested. Now, y- I think some of our audience right now are in so much mm-hmm. shock or whatever that they're probably not going, they're going to listen, but they can hardly, get, well, Heidi, you've got an email on that. Why don't you read, John, the email that we got? Okay. Um, our email is from Bob from Oregon, and he says, I watched you on the Larry King Show, and while I admire your motivational ideas, my son died less than a year ago, and I'm having a very difficult time even getting out of bed. I would appreciate any advice you might have. Yeah, that is, um, I have two sons, and so if, uh, if I ever want to put myself in a state of anxiety and shock, all I have to think about is something happening to them, and I can get there from a visceral perspective, but nowhere near what somebody who's experienced uh, that pain is going through. You know, the question that I ask is, how do you celebrate your son's life? How do you have a relationship still with your child that may not be, that is not in physical form? You know, and is there a higher order of thinking to look at? Is there a higher order to go to? And one of the things that that I've been researching for many, many, many years is, you know, what is life? And is there life after death? Deepak Chopra wrote an outstanding book called Life After Death. And when we think about, you know, if if we are made up of the energy, the intelligence that created everything, then the physical part of our being is only one essence, one part of who we really are. And is it possible that our spirit, our essence goes on? And how do you celebrate 
you know, your son's or daughter's life, your, your spouse, significant other, friend, how do you celebrate their life from a space of joy? And what we're missing, obviously, is their physicalness, their presence, the essence of who they are is still there, though. And so the question that I have, and, and by no means am I suggesting that this is easy, but one of the things that I did learn is that when we change the way we look at something, the thing that we look at changes. And our brain's only able to focus on one thought at a time. So if we're thinking about the lack, the limitation, the anger, the whatever it is that we're feeling, is there a way to rise above that and say, okay, great, now what can I celebrate? What can I love? What can I smile about? What can I be grateful for? and get out of bed, and take that step, and maybe use your life as you two are, okay, to help others. Like Ken Druck from the Jenna Druck Foundation is helping others because of the loss of his daughter in a train crash, or a bus crash, excuse me, in India. And so is there a way to use that energy, use that, that anger, that resentment, that whatever you're feeling, and say, how can I use this to benefit others is there a way to make any meaning of this? And if you can do that, then what you'll find is your life starts to have purpose and meaning again. And in that purpose and meaning, maybe you find some acceptance and some love. And the one thing that I know Ken has taught me is, John, you just have to go through the grieving that has to happen. And you can't hide from me. He says it feels like somebody has just peeled the skin right off of your body and just is going to take some time for that skin to heal. And he says that even in that healing, you could find a way to have some meaning and, and love and, 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 and proper expression of that. And when you're ready to move out of that, Heidi, do you want to... Were you going to say something? Well, I was going to say that... So it sounds like it's twofold. You're not only embracing the person that died. Like, I would embrace all the positive memories of my brother that I had while he was still here, and those would give me joy. And I would also embrace all the reasons I have to go on and all the gratitude I have every day for those things that are ahead of me on this earth. Absolutely. And, you know, and again, it's, it's really a function of, of teaching yourself, and you can do that either teaching yourself or you obviously join, you know, some groups that have already done it, and you learn from people who are one or two steps ahead of you or even side by side with you so that, that you can stand shoulder to shoulder or be pulled when you need to be or push somebody when you need to give them a little nudge as well. And, you know, again, what I don't want to do is discount the the atrocities that are happening out there and the pain that's happening out there, and that's you know whether somebody um, happens to to die unexpectedly or expectedly. You know, we do grieve the loss of human life, and 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 that's something that we have to understand. And it's you know, life is part of death. It's it's the it's the strangest thing, but the only guarantee we had, probably other than taxes, was that we're going to die. Right. There's a shock factor that happens when somebody dies unexpectedly that we're just not used to, and there's a lot of neurological things that happen that you know we just can't get away from. It's just you know some of the brain neurophysiology that occurs, um, the, the anxiety, the loss, the separation, all of that stuff is happening, and we have to go through those emotions. I think part of the challenge is most of us have never been taught or even have spoken about how to deal with that. And I can share with you, when we've had some family members die or friends pass away, you know, I have discussions with my children, 
You know, just so they're prepared for when I die, for when their mom dies, for maybe one of them dies, not to minimize it, but to have a different understanding of what is life, where did it come from, where do you go when you die. You and, know, have, and having a discussion is important. I just wanted to have you mention the vision boards. Tell our audience what they are and then... Sure, and, and I want to say something before I, I bring up the vision boards, which John has, and he can talk more about that, and that is I find it very comforting to feel that even for those of you out there that are in a lot of pain and suffering, I would have found it very comforting to know, and I did find it comforting to know in those early days that this is not going to be my life forever. Eventually there are going to be shifts, and that's why it's so important to have John on so he can show us how, when we're ready, we can make those shifts. And one of the ways that he does it, which I love, is he talks a lot about creating a vision board, which will, in a sense, reprogram our brains. And, John, can you tell us about your vision boards? Yeah, um, back in 1995, a long time ago, I started to create um, a, a goal board or a vision board for each area of my life. And as we're actually sitting here talking right now, I'm actually looking at my vision board. And there's six different boards. And, and one of the things that we know about how the brain works is whatever we focus on, we really express more of in our life. And so, number one, you want to have clarity about exactly what it is that you want. So if you're grieving right now, number one, I want you to go through the grieving process, of course, and then maybe you can start a vision board of what your life can be like, whether it's 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, 120 days a year, whatever the time frame is, and just get a very clear visual picture of what it is that you want to look like, your life to look like in the different areas of your life. I can tell you there's a couple things that happen that we know from the research and science that's been done. Is Number one, the universe responds to what our intentions are and what we give attention to. That's number one. Number two, when we're focusing our brain on what it is that we want, we spend a little bit less time with what we call is the ANTS, the A-N-T-S, the automatic negative thoughts. And so you can train yourself with just, you know, two, three minutes a day of getting your vision of what you'd like your life to be like with the lost in your life, all right, and focus on that for two or three minutes a day and create more of the automatic positive thoughts. And in doing that, you train yourself a little bit to really, you know, get through the challenging times that you're going through right now. And so it's really critical. You know, these vision boards do work. It works basically on clarity, and as I mentioned, some science behind it of how the brain gets rewired and the vibration that the body is in. And you could start to attract more of what you want and less of what you don't want into your life. Now, what do you put on them? You put drawings, pictures? Um, yeah, if, if, it's, um, if it's something that you want for success in, in your business or monetary, then you put the exact amount of, of what it is that you want to earn, what it is that you're going to contribute, how much charitable work you're going to do. If it's uh, a physical body, you know, a different physical body that you have right now. If you're um, in a state of dis-ease, you want to get yourself in a state of at-ease, what does that look like? You know, what does that feel like? Do you cut pictures out of magazines? Or? Um, yeah, I'm looking at a picture right now of, of a physique that I'm working towards. I'm actually in my shorts and running shoes and T-shirt. I just got back from the gym before the interview. Um, and so I have a picture of the physique that I'm moving towards. I've hired a personal trainer, so I'm also in action. You know, there's there's the image and vision of what you want to achieve, but there's also the what are you going to do about it? Like what 
steps are you going to take to move you towards that as well? I, I love, love that, that identity. Well, listen, you call it, you go beyond okay. motivation to motive action. That's right. And, and, you know, I was in the movie the, the Secret, which talked about the law of attraction. And the last six letters of attraction are action. Ah, yeah. Well, talk a little bit, uh, because we only have a few minutes left, about um, One Coach, because I think it is so great. You can go on the Internet, and you can actually sign up to work with you, right? Be coached by you. Yeah, I started a uh, coaching company for small business owners who really wanted to get from a startup to, let's say, 100,000, from 100 to 500, from 500 to a million, and then some. And we help business owners really grow their businesses. And if people go to OneCoach, which is O-N-E-C-O-A-C-H.com, we have seven free videos that they could sign up for, and it'll really help them get a start with the kind of work that we do. And if they feel like they resonate with what we're teaching business owners, we've had over 5,000 businesses in the last three years from around the world go through our programs with incredible success. And if they go to onecoach.com, they can get some free videos and see if what we've got is good for them. And then you said there's some place you can go for vision boards? Uh, yeah, if they go to johnassaraf.com, which is J-O-H-N-A-S-S, A-R-A-F, com. There's information on my vision board there. Yes, and you also have examples of vision boards. I even saw Obama's you know, vision board. So you have boards so people can look at what other people have done and get examples. Uh, yeah, there's, again, the vision board is one more tool in getting our brain to line up with exactly what it is that we want and this clear instruction to the universe of what we'd like the universe to bring forth to us, to attract to us. And, and I love your premise, and you've said this on the show today, that every single one of you, and I'm taking this off your website, every single one of you can make a decision today and change your life by taking action and creating a vision for your life. One you have to start off with a vision. And even in the great book, the Bible, it says, you know, without a vision, the people will perish. And it, uh, the research is really where my head's been at, and to really understand of how true that is and what's happening, you know, in people's heads. And the more we focus on what we want, the more we'll be in that vibration, the more we're apt to take action towards what we want. And the more we focus on what we don't want, unfortunately, the more we attract it and the more we behave in ways and see things in our physical world that match up with what we don't want. You know, I think the I was very intrigued with your brain chemistry um, ideas and comments on that because I think so much of loss I always have is is very related to brain chemistry because I think that the moment someone says they're dead, I think there is a whole brain chemi- a whole flood going on. Oh, I, I agree with that. There's there's so much great research happening right now. We've learned more about the human brain in the last seven eight years than we've known in the history of our species, and we're in, we're really understanding so much about how we think, we're understanding our perceptions, we're understanding our behaviors, why don't we do the things we know we should do, so for the people that are grieving right now and they're in bed and they're either medicated or not, you know, why is it so hard to get up and and get in action? You know, one of the things that we can learn from is, is going back in time to Newton. He says an object in motion tends to stay in motion. And so if, you know, if you're hurting right now, if you're really in a, in a terrible spot, Force yourself to get up. Go for a one-minute walk today, even around your home, around your apartment, in your garden. One minute. If you can't do a minute, do 30 seconds, and then do it again later on today and then tomorrow. And just inch by inch, it becomes a cinch. And so force yourself, no matter what, to get out of the state that you're in that's hurting and depressed and filled with sorrow and just move a little bit, if you can, into a state of 
of uh, a little bit of kindness and a lighter heart for yourself. Now, to talk about, you're on the board of the Jenna Druck Foundation, and I know, uh, as you said, Ken's uh, daughter Jenna died. What, what have you come up with from being around Ken as far as grief and loss goes? Have you got any thoughts for how he's moved through that? He's done amazing things. Yeah, he, um, he's done amazing things. You know, what I've learned from him more than anything else is compassion. And, you know, when somebody is going through or has gone through the loss of a loved one, you don't try to fix it. There's nothing to fix. And, you know, my background has always been, okay, let's, what's the problem? Let's, there's a solution. Well, in this particular case, the solution is love. The solution is compassion and understanding. And what I've noticed about him more than anything else is he has become fueled. His passion is to honor the memory of his daughter so much so that, that every day he does things to honor you know, her memory so that she lives on. And that is what fuels him. So he's taken you know, a tragedy of biblical proportions, and he's used it to help others. And in helping others... He feels better. Right, and, and I would say with you uh, also, John, the way you've reached out to help others, and you're so generative, and mm-hmm. you don't need to do this. I mean, you can go sit on an island somewhere, right? Uh, yeah, you know what, and I've done that, and it's boring. <laughs> well, you know what I love about you? As your book says, you want the world, and you want everyone in it to have it all. I do. I want everybody to have it all, and I want to let people know that it is a choice, and in every moment, we're making a choice. And the question is, you know, are you happy with what you're trading your life for? See, every moment, we're trading our life for what we do. And too many people are asking themselves if their goal, okay, if they're worthy of their goal. And I want people to ask themselves a different question. Is that goal worthy of my life? Uh, thank you, John. It's time for us to close our show. You have been listening to Open to Hope Radio. You can sign up for our newsletter, Facebook, and Twitter on our homepage at opentohope.com.